Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the plague. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and today we are discussing who will win the four major championships next year, who we think is going to be a breakout star. No, we're obviously talking about John Rahm joining Liv, joining me to break it all down. Patrick McDonald is here. Patrick, good day. Good day. Good day. Uh, the, uh, the big winner out of all of this, I think, has to be the USGN, the RNA following the rollback news for them to kind of just sneak in under the rug kudos to them uh maybe yasser gets that augusta national membership maybe that's the next domino to fall who knows but uh good day to you guys kyle porter is here kp if you have anything you want swept under the rug if you have any news dump items now would be the time they will go completely unnoticed i just want to see patrick's grant thornton betting card Mm. i thought that's why we were congregating today you know, I had to sprinkle a little bit on on Denny and, and Megan Kang. Uh, but as a Deloitte man myself, I, I couldn't donate too much money to a competitor in the uh, in the audit space. It's incredible. I, I could listen to Patrick get steep on the Grant Thornton. Invita- is it the is it an invitational open? Uh, what is it? I believe so. Did you guys hear about McKinsey, though? That news? They Hughes? cut their partner. No, uh, McKinsey, the uh, consulting firm. <laughs> no. Mc- Oh, they they really cut their partner class this year. Shame. Oh, they had to. They probably live didn't have them doing due diligence, so they didn't have enough money. There you go. I mean, it affects everyone. Totally. Trickle down economics. Uh, while we're here, let's talk about John Rom going to. <laughs> so last night on Fox News, John Rom officially announced that he is joining live golf uh he would say quote i've officially joined live golf it's not an easy decision because i've had a really successful career and i've been really happy but there's a lot of things that live golf has to offer that were very very enticing starting with team golf being part of a team is something that's been really big for me throughout my career i was part of the spanish national team from the age of 14 until i graduated college i was part of the arizona state golf team and as a pro you don't have that chance very often. It's something that is very fun to play for something more than just yourself. Uh, KP, that was essentially John Rahm's opening statement. How do you do? I mean, it, 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 with all these guys, they go and they say all this stuff and you're like, okay, man, whatever. But with him, 
I mean, he he's so like, was there anybody that's been, maybe Rory, I guess, that's been more vocal against all of that? Right. Like he so the money was one thing. He he talked about obviously the famous clip from the US Open at Brookline, four hundred million dollars wouldn't change my life. And he at least like hinted at, well, the number got big enough, whatever. So he at least kind of like backtracked on that. Um with this, he's like, the format's stupid. I hate it, et cetera, et cetera. And all of a sudden, it's like the greatest thing in the world. Like, what What are, you know, I, I just, <clears throat> like, why, why, like, don't use that as a reason when you so obviously don't believe it. Well, the other thing is, um, even if he has changed his mind, Patrick, on, the format or the money became too much. It, it, it is John Rahm has been, even if he hasn't been for or against certain things, he's always very transparent, very thoughtful, very interesting. One of the few guys on the PGA tour that offers that. And immediately, as soon as these guys sign live contracts, it is bullet point talking list, grow the game. I'm excited for team golf. Remember, remember when I was 14 and I was playing on the Spanish national team, something I've never, ever mentioned before in my entire life. Now I'm excited about that again. It's just, these guys get, they essentially get neutered. And I guess the cost, the price of that is 500 million bucks. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big John Ron fam fan as, as a person, just the way he's kind of handled it leading into this, you know, level-headed responses whenever he got peppered with questions I thought he was fantastic, and I was surprised he went full heel turn. I, I I really was. I, you know, would have expected something more along the lines of Harold Varner, Varner you know, him coming out saying, "Look, guys, I'm doing this for the money. It's going to set up my family for future generations." He, he charity kinda, that he kind of did. Yeah, but then you add in the uh, the talking points as well that. I mean, I understand HV3's contract was only 50 million and ROMs is probably 10x that. So for 10x, yeah, you're you're gonna you're gonna uh read the talking points and you know be okay with it because uh I think your mind is probably elsewhere. Let's get into some of those talking points. There's a lot of quotes here. So on the growth of the game, John Rom would say, quote, and simply the growth that live golf has brought into the game of golf. It's something fresh. It's something new. It's something with a ton of potential and opportunity. It's something I'm really excited about. He would go on to say something like, um, you know, I can get in front of more eyeballs this way, which, you know, KP is objectively false. Now I think that, uh, some people on on Twitter or elsewhere would say, "Oh, well, he sees the vision, the long term vision of this." But growing the game has been a a one talking point from day one. I'm not necessarily sure there's tangible evidence of that, but it seems to be the most the most likely talking point you get from guys who go to live. Anecdotally, Rick, are we growing or shrinking the game right now? Right. Like that, that's, that's sort of my big picture thing with all this is like, yo, we're not, I, I know that that's just a talking point or whatever, but we're not, nothing like you, we are, uh, Andy Johnson said it like this, like golf, professional golf is eating itself. Like, like we are shrinking the game. Like people are, are like, and this is anecdotal. There's, I'm, I'm, there's no like, 
data or surveys to back this up, but like people are people are less interested in following professional golf outside of the majors than they were six months ago. Of course they are. Like if the NFL split in two, you'd be like, well, give, give me, uh, wake me up when the, and it's less so, right? Like it's, it's all proportional, but like, wake me up whenever the AFL and the NFL teams are in the playoffs together. Right? Like that's, that's how we view the major championships. And it, like that is just nonsense. Now the pass that I will give John Rom, and I think this is true of like the Aussie guys as well is, Hey, PJ tour, you've done a crappy job of taking the game global. Now that's a business decision. That's a very difficult thing to do to have a, a far flung business rather than a concentrated one. And so if, if John Rom believes that this will, bring in more fans in Spain, like you get a pass on that one thing, right? But broadly speaking, I, I don't like this, this, and we'll get to more of this as we get into some of the effects on the PGA tour, but this diminishes everything. It doesn't grow. It doesn't grow anything like people aren't. And I agree. A bunch of people have said this, like, and, and I've actually kind of come to believe, maybe we talked about this, Rick, but like Tiger's the only one that matters, right? Like Rory doesn't matter. JT, Spieth, Rom, none of these guys matter, you know? And so as long as it's separated, as long as there's two leagues, you're not, you're not gaining on either. At best, you're like, you're like splitting this one thing in two at best and keeping it the same just in two different places. Yeah. And that's like the best case scenario. And I don't even think that's what's happening. I think people are like, whatever, like, wait me up on like, get, get back to me on April 1st and tell me when the Masters is. Yeah, I keep going back to a couple of things. Uh, one, that 2020 golf was given a gift it hadn't seen before, right? An influx of new viewers, of new players, of interest. We got a Netflix doc out of it. The game had had really never been so strong. And since then, repeated shots to the foot, whether it's rollback, whether it is splitting your stars into two different leagues, it has just been like a, a disaster and no end in sight. The other thing that I worry about, Patrick, and I'll ask you a question, do you know who the current um, boxing heavyweight champion of the world is? Uh, Ricky Hatton. That is incorrect. KP, do you know who the current heavyweight champion boxer is? I don't know that I can name a boxer, so no. Vladimir something. Okay, not a horrible. Putin. Not a hard, not Vladimir Putin. Vladimir and Guerrero. Guerrero. <laughs> a horrible guess. Josh in the chat knows. Um, so Tyson Fury. Okay, Tyson Fury is 34-0-1. The, uh, the problem is he is only the WBC heavyweight champion because Alexander Usyk, is the WBA champ, the IBF champ, the WBO champ, but split in the WBA, he's only the super champ because Mamad Char is the regular champ. My point being that the worst case scenario for golf is to become boxing, in which you have all of these entities that think they are the entity in which they're playing by maybe different rules, regulations you're not competing against one another and the state of boxing in america 
has never been so bad, right? I mean, it used to be the heavyweight champion of the world, Muhammad Ali, right? George Foreman. Think about these guys, and 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 it has just suffered so much. And I I hope Patrick that golf is not on the path of boxing. I'm not sure that it is yet, but I will say it is scary close to the path of tennis yeah. where there are so many tournaments out there. You don't really know who's playing where or at what time on, on what circuit. And all you care about is Wimbledon, the French Open, the Aussie and the U.S. Open. That's all that matters. And honestly, that's where we're at right now, because like Kyle said, we have two products that are probably C's, C plus, B minuses. And we could just come together, put this, you know, our differences aside and have an A, A plus product where you have something like, you know, live golf, be the international circuit, harmonize schedules, you know, lay down your guns and have people have flexibility in between tours. And you have the PGA tour in the United States. And I don't know if they'll ever come to that. Hopefully they will. But I mean, having your best players, not on the same playing field on the same golf courses at the same tournaments it's brutal for the sport and it's exhausting to follow for the average fan and we've talked about the average fan a lot how they've just been boned in all of this and they continue to get boned because you know they're not going to want to watch two different golf tournaments with you know rom and kepka and dj on one one week and rory uh, spieth and jt on, on another right i mean they're too golfed out at that point. They they don't want to track two different golf tournaments. I mean, the average fan doesn't. They don't have that much time in their day. And so I, I think, honestly, we're closer to tennis than we ever have been. Yeah. I Two things. Uh, one, Rick, this is the first time I, th I think over the last two years where I think about I'm th like I, I was I was thinking about this all night. I, I didn't. Like I, I had a thing last night and I was just staring at my phone the whole time. I was at a concert with friends, with my wife and friends. And they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, this big Spaniards in a letterman jacket. I don't know what to tell you, <laughs> you know? Uh, and I thought about this all night. And every time I think about Kapalua, which is like, Kapalua is so fun, right? It, it, it's it's such a I've grown to really love that event. It, it's such a marker for me, and especially with the 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 new schedule where it's like the start of the the PGA Tour season and all this stuff. And I'm not, I am not looking forward to Kapalua because I think before I could talk myself into, well, whatever. Reed kind of stinks, and DJ is getting older, and I can't, it would be nice to have cam. He was kind of sick, but okay. And now it's like, man, we don't even have the best guy in the world here. And also the defending champion. And it just, to me, capital, like that's the first event that's upcoming. It's so diminished. Like it, it just is like, I don't know how else to say that. Like it is, it's not a, it doesn't feel big time. And, and maybe I'll feel differently once it gets here in a month or whatever. But I think the other thing is, Patrick, we, we've seen this before, right? Like we, this was 30, 40 years ago where the European tour was, was kind of banging, uh, had all the riz, uh, and, uh, and, and you had the, you had the European tour and the PGA tour, right? You had split tours and European guys didn't come over here. Sevi played over there. Faldo played over there. 
um, all these guys throughout the 70s and 80s. And Faldo, they started to come over here at the end of that. But you know what the difference was, Patrick? You, you can't play for $25 million purses. So either you can do your split tours, do it, whatever. But guess what, Patrick Cantlay? You're going to be playing for $6 million and not, not 30 right? And, and we've gotten into this like just insane game of greed and and i and you 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 can blame whoever but it started with the with the public investment fund of saudi arabia and there's no like what is the end to that like do your saboteurs do your own thing don't merge whatever but you're going to be playing for five million dollars and if you want to do that fine i'm going to keep paying attention some people will keep paying attention and the majors will still be a big deal but that's going to be what the deal is mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people blame Jay Monahan, which is fair. He's done an ineffective job, but you got to blame the players too, because what they've done in kind of this bubble that we're in currently, it's because of them. It's because they think they're worth so much under the sun because Piff came in and gave them a market rate that's just Looney Tunes. And they believe that's now the new market when it's yeah. not. And, and we're going to eventually revert back. Like you said, I mean, maybe not $5 million purses, but to the norm, you know? But maybe. Yeah. And, and so it's only a matter of time. I mean, 5, 10, 15 years, these guys coming out of college, these guys, you know, up and coming stars, it's so bizarre where, you know, each and every year it seems like there are new money records being broken and that just won't be the case. This is this is the big problem also that that happens in boxing as well is this is clearly a bubble uh, like so obviously yeah. a bubble you know the revenue in professional golf um in a year is probably maybe two billion across everything i mean the pga tour is 1.1 1 .1. what is you know the masters and the majors and the Ryder cup is two billion a fair are, are you saying like uh tv money gate sale concession like ever like money generated yeah okay we know the tour does about 0.1 right i thought i thought the tour was like 1.5 okay so the tour is 2.5 then you throw in Ryder cups president's cups european tour live whatever else major championships i mean are we at 2.5 to yeah, 2.5 uh, yeah i think we're i think it's fair to say that we're between 2 and 2.5 okay then you have the PIF basically just paying $2 billion in whether it's player uh, contracts, the cost to run these events. You, you cannot have a world in which your contracts are that close to the revenue of your sport, of your entire sport. That doesn't even get down to the expenses for these things and get to the bottom line. This is why in boxing, Floyd Mayweather gets a percentage of pay-per-view revenue. Mm -hmm. It's insane. That's an insane thing to do because that's a bubble. And, 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 and it says, okay, well, now Floyd Mayweather is going to make $300 million and everybody else is going to make nothing off of this. It's just, it's so unsustainable from even a financial side of things like i, I don't know and, and and the spending i don't, I don't know if it's going to slow down i don't know how I, but but 
this it doesn't continue to work like this why why do you you say that the Floyd Mayweather thing is a bubble because it's not a it's not a it's not a sustainable system. Is that what you is that what you mean by that? It's not sustainable for the sport. It's a sustainable for Floyd Mayweather. That's great for him, right? If he can get that, that's great. But but uh, you know, there's Floyd Mayweather and the hundreds or thousands of other boxers, the the other entities that are associated with the sport of boxing. It would be like John Rahm making a billion dollars a year and a thousand other guys making forty k a year. Or whatever it might be you know what i mean it's just it is not sustainable for the health of the sport yeah well t golf had its floyd mayweather right yeah Tiger. but that but that also did increase things across for everybody yeah but but what, we're, what my point is what and we've talked about this but what we're entering into now is this post-Tiger era where you you have this vacuum of ripping Tiger out of the equation. We haven't we haven't even realized that part of it yet, right? Like that was not necessarily, it was maybe a little bit baked into these this latest uh, TV contract negotiation. But you get to 2030, 2031 when, when Tiger's 54 years old. I mean, maybe there's another Tiger, but but probably not, right? And so you you combine that with the PIF acting so ir irrationally, and I, I my thing with this, Rick, it's like who's who's going to be the adult? Who's going to be the adult in the room to to tell everybody and to get everybody on the same page and say this this is not going to work, guys. Like this is gonna this is gonna pop and it's not going to be good for the next 15 or 20 years. There hasn't been that adult. And you can, you can, you can give Monahan a pass on some stuff, but he, I, I don't know if he's that adult, right? <laughs> Who is it? Patrick Cantlay's, lead, Patrick Cantlay's leading the PG. Patrick Cantlay's negotiating with, with uh, private equity for what are we doing? What what are you like the eighth best player in the world is trying to negotiate deals with private equity firms for the future of golf? What the what the hell is that? Negotiate himself a hat deal for a million dollars. Yet he is trying to negotiate a multi-billion-dollar private equity deal for the future of professional golf. I thought I thought that. Um, so you know how Mark Cuban on it was a couple weeks ago on Monday he announced he wasn't coming back to Shark Tank. On Tuesday, he sold his like majority stake in the Mavericks, and everybody's like, "He's going to run for president," and I'm like, "He's going to save golf. Like, he's going to be the guy. <laughs> like, clear out the schedule, get the funds. Let's go, Mark. We need you, buddy." I, I like the uh, the conspiracy theory of you know potentially something happening between Cantley and Goldman Sachs in regard to investing into the Enterprise Starship. I think there could be something there as well, Rick. Um, and, and look, I, I see I'm taking some heat for blaming the players and I'm not blaming them for taking money. I, I kind of blame them a little bit for their thinking because there, there's some, some tweet out there where it's like, you have these bottom tier players who believe in their hearts of hearts that they should be paid like the top tier players. And then you have the top tier players who believe they should be played like Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, but they don't play in the NFL. That, that's the difference. And I know the market reset with Piff and all this money flowing in, and it's just you know pennies to them, pretty much what they're throwing at Rom and the rest of these guys. But you would think, you know, whether it's through an agreement or whatever down the line, that you know, common sense prevails.
Well, I think I think part of it, Patrick, is you had Phil running around like the town crier saying, oh, the PGA Tour is withholding all this money. And whether you believed that or not, the PIF made it seem as if it was true, right? To where the PIF is like, oh, here's here's all the money that the PGA Tour should have been paying you. And it's like, I don't know, man, like the PGA Tour was paying out at a at a at a percentage of revenue, pretty tantamount to other leagues, right? The, the, the NBA pays 51%, the NFL pays whatever, 49%, 52%. PGA Tour was right around that number. Now, the thing you could argue is like, hey, go go generate more revenue. And so we get a bigger percentage of it. I will listen to that argument, but I just think I think everybody implicitly like believed the Phil thing because he had piff money to make it seem as if it was true. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Basically spoke it into existence, at least in the short term. Uh, we'll see what happens in the long term. We're going to continue this conversation. There's a question in the chat I want to get to. We've got to talk about what comes next. There's still a negotiation uh, seemingly for the, the framework to become a permanent deal. We'll talk about that. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean and a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. And we're back. We can, you know, we have a lot of other stuff to talk about. I don't want to um, linger too long on the financial stuff, but there is a comment here from Jason Evan, uh, Josh. It would be at ten nineteen a.m. Eastern time. It says, "Why are we acting like the Premier League, Bundesliga, MLS, Spain, Italy, etc., don't exist and aren't all elite? Why the hyperbole that there could only be one league for golf?" And I think this is a pretty, a, a very good comment here. And I'm not as familiar patrick with the state of soccer and how it is spread out over the course of the world but i imagine and please correct me if i'm wrong the premier league is kind of its own entity with a budget revenue sponsors uh, uh, its own financial ecosystem bundesliga its own financial eco sustainable ecosystem mls obviously i'm assuming those contracts are must much less but based on its own economic ecosystem, right? I mean, the, they are all playing within their own, I'm assuming, budgets, which is not necessarily happening in golf right now. Yeah, and I think also, I, I think yeah. it's, it's pretty, a pretty good point. But, I mean, you have those teams that are in the city, you know, generating game sale tickets, revenue, you know, every single week, pretty much they play every week and they have diehard fans, guys who have been in that city for their entire lives, who have been Man U fans forever. And I think with golf, players come and go, but teams are always going to be there. They're always going to have their fans, even if they suck, even if they're good. And, and I think it's kind of just apples to oranges just because it's a team thing versus individual sport, even though I, I understand live golf has teams. Uh, two things on that one the the pool of people that you're drawing from is 10x 20x 30x i mean it's just it's it's so much 
uh, it's so much bigger. And and two, like I don't, there doesn't have to be one league. But what I'm saying is like if there are multiple leagues that, uh, I mean, we already had multiple leagues, right? We already had the European tour, the Asian tour, and and that's what I just got done saying is like we can have all that, but we can't have it at the level that that we're experiencing it right now, which is twenty million dollar, twenty five million dollar purses. And that's where it's like, okay, I don't, I don't necessarily think that's what's best for the sport. Um, but it, it, it would be like, I think it would be more like if you split the Premier League into two leagues, right? And said like, well, I know we had like all this history and all these rivalries and all this stuff. But we're going to have these guys go play over here. These teams go play over here. And these teams go play over here. People would be like, ah, screw that. I'll just watch the Champions League, which is the majors, right? I'll just watch when they all get to get, like all the best teams get to. I'm, this is not a perfect analogy, but I, that's what I think it's more like. And again, we can have all those leagues. That's fine. That's bad for golf, I think. Like it's bad for fan, the viewer. Now, I will say it's bad for the for me, the viewer, the fan. It might be good for the Australian fan. And I and I do want to acknowledge that because I think that's something that's gotten a little bit lost is like there's this myopic American point of view that a lot of us have been pushing. And it's like, yo, I don't get any golf in Australia. I don't get any golf in Belgium. I don't get any golf in wherever. And I think that's worthy of consideration. I think that's worthy of of acknowledging. Um, but I think broadly, you got to bring the purses down if that's the case, which is fine, but somebody has got to do that. And I don't know, like selfishly, it's not really what I would like to see. Uh, well, the John Rom domino falls, Patrick, uh, this will obviously create more dominoes that fall. There were reports that joining John Rahm's new team could be Tony Finau, could be Terrell Hatton. We still have a negotiation uh, in place with a deadline about 23, 24 days away. Um, what happens next? I thought it was kind of telling that Rahm said last night that he hopes to keep his status on the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour, where... I mean, is there a scenario where John Rahm is there at Kapalua? Uh, maybe. I, I thought about that. Maybe. There there could be. And so I, I think, you know, this is down the line. It's not going to happen the next year, probably the next year or two. But I think the two leagues need to come together and kind of harmonize their schedule for all the criticism there has been about Live Golf. Like Kyle said, what I believe one of the things that they've done great is – leverage the international market mm -hmm. with their event in Adelaide, the event of the year. Some are saying you see it at uh, Valderrama. They had a great event as well. Mayakoba was a strong showing and, and they've struggled. And I think even they would admit it to kind of get a foothold in the U S. And so the opportunities right there for look, drop the suspensions, let people flow wherever they want. And then just have those like mandatory five non-major, six non-major events. So 10 times a year, 11 times a year, we do get the best players in the world all together. Uh, you know, let them go back and forth and say, okay, look, Rory, you're going to have to play internationally three times a year. You're going to have to go to Australia. Whether you like it or not, you know, Patrick Cantlay, you're the mastermind behind this. You're going to do. 
And on the flip, you can bring. I don't. But who's going to tell Patrick Cantlay that? Patrick Cantlay thinks he's telling other people what to do. That that's sort of my point. Is who's the who's the adult? Yeah. Uh, well, who knows? But I, I think that's what needs to happen is for them to harmonize the tours, cease fire, let flow in between tours, and say, okay, we're going to have these ten events between the majors and you know team events, whatever it may be, and uh, go from there. So here's here's the quote, uh, John Rom quote: I do want to maintain my PGA Tour and DP World Tour status. I will not give that up. Hopefully, with the freedom live live gives me, I can play both those tours. There are certain PGA Tour events I want to play as long as my schedule allows. If possible, I want to make that happen. KP, if you are Jay Monahan, if you are Patrick Cantlay, or whoever the hell is in charge right now in in these meetings, what's the solution? What's your proposal? How how does the game of golf figure itself out right now well like doesn't this force doesn't this force the tour to like is there another option besides merging with Liz, or with the the public investment fund no you get you get american money for a couple of years and then you're just back where you started that's what i'm saying it's like even if even if you get an investment from one of these other entities what is that? Um, it's kind of over, right? You still, even if, um, let's say Fenway, who I know they're out, but like even, okay, even if you get private I equity. I think Fenway's money, still in. Okay, Fenway's still in. Even if you get private equity money, I won't even name it, but you get private equity money. It's never going to outspend the PIF. Um, you're still at an arms race and you are still without your stars or at least half of them. And you have lost your moral high ground of keeping golfers on the pga tour yeah uh, which is just we, we can talk about jay monahan in a couple of minutes but the the thing kp the, you know whether it was a, a great negotiating tool to sign john rom right now um there the pga tour has very very little leverage left in this whole thing they they do have leverage they do have a, a network of existing uh sponsors and partners maybe you know fedex would want to buy a team there are there are there are things that the pga tour has to offer they're getting smaller by the minute the idea of maybe it's live is the team side of things the pga tour is the individual side of things or i like what kind of where patrick was going with it is um hey the live events and the signature events that's like a new tour so to speak. Maybe there's eight live events, eight signature events, four major championships. The big boys play all of those and we'll figure out the rest of it later, right? PGA Tour Elite or World Golf Plus or whatever you want to call it, NUCO. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, I have so many thoughts. Like I, the private equity money, you could outspend the PIF for like a year. It, the but, other thing, is the private equity money wants a return yes comes with strings the pip yeah. yeah. comes with strings as well right you've got to say nice things you've got to go through the talking points all that stuff but you think that private equity is going to look at these tours underneath the pga tour that are just losing money hand over fist that they are going to look at golfer 75 to 275 favorably you're kidding yourself well, and that's what 
that's what if uh, if you get private equity money, you, you don't necessarily get anything because you're not going to get that money with with the rubber stamp of like, oh, we can just like hand it out to these guys to keep them here. And so you're getting the money, but do you even get to spend it on what the PIF is going to spend it on, which is more players? I don't think you do. And you get you've got this you had this report on Sports Illustrated by by Michael Rosenberg, who's a great reporter, good writer, uh good dude. He's he's fantastic. And uh the PIF apparently put a billion dollars on the table. The PIF throws around billion dollars. Like I buy coffees, by the way, which is absurd and frequently. Uh, they put a billion dollars on the table for like making guys whole, not for for investment into the PGA Tour, but just for like, hey, sorry about what happened. Yeah, uh, a, 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 yeah, a one billion dollar equalization pool for guys who stayed on the PGA tour to make them feel good for their who voted on that who voted on that who voted against that that's what I'm saying <laughs> well what happened to it is what I'm saying like it was, where did it where did it go did that get taken off the table did like what what and this is a this gets back to my earlier point of like who who's the adult that's like yo this isn't great. It is what it is. Let's make it work. And you're like, take the billion dollars and then take the $2 billion of investment. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I don't, I guess I'm a little bit confused still, Patrick, on, um, well, I've got, I've got two things. One, I want to throw this over to you and then I've got something for Rick. I'm confused a little bit about what Yasser and the public investment fund wants. Like what do, what, what do you believe at this point in the game that's been going on for two years now. What do they? What do they want? Does Yasser want live to succeed, or does he want? It seems like, it seems like he really wants to merge. That might not be true, but based on the pool of money, based on there was a report in the Wall Street Journal right around uh, June six where it said that he agreed to, uh, to stop litigating even if they didn't. What what, what was that report, Rick? Yeah, he agreed to remove the lawsuit even if they didn't merge. Correct. I think this is from the side as well. Like they, they spoke to a couple of different uh, merger and acquisition lawyers who were like, that's an insane thing to do, right? You only ever drop litigation under a condition that a merge does happen. And to do it with basically no strings attached, dropping the litigation, whether we get this deal done or not, is very uncommon in the M&A world. So, uh, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. What do you think the, the PIF wants? What does Yasser want, Patrick? I, I think he was willing to merge early around June 6th. And then Jay Monahan thought it was a friends and family affair. It's like, oh, let's bring Fenway Group in. Let's bring the friends of golf in as well. And I think the ROM signing can be seen as him kind of thinking, like, are we about to get blocked out of this? What the hell, Jay? This is my play to, you know, make sure I'm still the center of attention in the negotiations. And look, I, I think reports of Yasser really loving live golf and, and the team aspect of it are, are real. And I think 
you know, potentially that's not a concession the PGA Tour was willing to make. But there are just so many egos in that room that they can't on the PGA Tour side that they can't seem to put aside the fact that they were offered reportedly based on that SI article a billion dollars to make to be whole, two billion infused uh, in capital. Yeah, and they said no to that. Based well, on what ma- ma- they could have given the PIF forty nine percent of that thing. But did they fine. say no? That's my question. I, I don't. There there wasn't like a, a, a conclusion to that sort of anecdote. It just kind of like evaporated. Said it was there. But, uh, so you know maybe it's still on the table for all we know. But the fact that it hasn't come to a decision yet, I think, is pretty telling. And and it was with the PGA Tour commissioner, whoever that might be, essentially being in charge, right? Like with with the PGA Tour still having control. Um, to answer that, KP, I think I think there's a lot of good outcomes for Yasser, right? If 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 Live becomes the only golf tour or the main golf tour in the world, great. They have. Um, they have power, they have control over the sport. If they do this merger, they have a ton of power and a ton of influence in the sport. I also think, and this was um, this was from John Rahm on Fox News. He was asked about Saudi investment in other sports, and Rahm said, quote, when Ronaldo, Neymar, Benzema, Benzema went, went, those are big enough names to think, why not me? Clearly, they're trying to create a positive impact in sports. I'm happy that in a small way, I can help with that, end quote. If you Googled sports washing, that quote probably appears. So so Yasser's got a couple of very good outcomes for him. Spend a ton of money, sports wash, um, control golf via Live, control golf via Nuco. I'm not sure if he has a preference. Brett in the chat says maybe he just wants to play Augusta National, spend $3 billion and play play Augusta National once. Maybe that's the end game for him. But I think there's a lot of very good outcomes for him. Yeah, I, I just I, I would be fascinated if you got Yasser on the First Cut podcast, gave him truth serum. That'd be sick if we got him on the First Cut podcast and asked him, hey, do you want the do you want to merge or do you want live to just to basically take over? the PGA tour or not take over, but like, do you want the PGA tour to go away and live to be the only thing that exists? And maybe he doesn't care. Maybe those are like similar out. Maybe like those are like the same to him or similar outcomes. I think one interesting thing, Rick, that I noticed on uh Thursday night, I went back and rewatched the, the, which by the way, how dystopian is Rom in a in a Letterman jacket on Fox News with Brett Bear and they're speaking in like hushed tones and you're like what are we what is this like what are how did we not not I mean I understand like why he was doing it but how did we what series of events led to this right here I, I really wish this happened one day earlier so we'd have January 6th June 6th and December 6th all on the clip for us but the thing I was thinking about, well, two things. One, I think that Rom, you heard him talking about being a pioneer. I think, and I've said this before, I've written this, people think it's stupid, but I I believe it. I think he cares about the money, but I think he cares about being, feeling like he's like the guy. And I think he was always felt like he was in Tiger, JT, Spieth, Rory's shadow at the PGA tour. I tweeted out the clip from the Ryder cup of 
Rory getting 11 questions before he got one. And is that a dumb reason to blow up professional golf? Absolutely. Does, do I think it plays into his decision? I do. And he talked about, he talked about it. He said it. He's like, I want to be a pioneer. I want, I have ambition, uh, all these different things. But, I, but the, the real thing, Rick is you, you floated this. I think it was on Tuesday this week. It, is this a, and this is giving Rom way too much credit. It would be giving anybody way too much credit. Is this a Trojan horse from the PGA tour side to the, to the public investment fund? Um, or not even from the PGA tour side, but from like the adults being like maybe Rom Rory and some other guys of like, if Rom goes, the tour hat can't lay all these guys. They have to do the deal. They have to. That's a, that's a compelling Trojan horse, right? Yes. And, and, and we were kind of chatting about it. I think of, um, is so interesting. And I, I know that, I know that when when the PGA Tour and and PIF when they you know drop the lawsuits they also drop the idea that we're not going to like grab players from one another right and, but the timing of this a few weeks out from the deadline does that either say that John Rom doesn't think a deal is going to get done John Rom doesn't care if a deal is going to get done or that John Rahm is so big and so meaningful at this moment, at this moment, that he's the he's the item that pushes the leverage so far in favor of Liv that this deal cannot get done. And now can't can't, can't not get done. Not get done. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, then, so then the PGA Tour has to throw up their hands and say, well to preserve our existence to right. preserve us even existing five years from now we have to do this deal and that deal comes with a one billion dollar equalization fund to two billion dollar investments everybody's going to make out like a bandit on this whole thing if this deal gets done and and there's really nothing stopping what's stopping Rory McIlroy and Victor Hovland and Tony Finau and Scotty Scheffler and all like what's what is actually the resistance to them not going to live? Right? Well, it, this is conspiracy theory central right now. Like this, <laughs> this is not a real thing. But if if it was, if I did it, uh, shout out to to OJ. Okay. First, first, first cut. Shout out to OJ. He does he does the media rounds. Yeah, golf. Yeah, big time. Steep. It's, it's, it's pretty, um, I don't know, man. Like, it's pretty interesting. Rom had a quote last night. I don't know. I don't know if you guys watched the whole thing, but he had a quote where he said, I want to thank Patrick Cantlay, Rory and Tiger Woods for their work. And something like, I hope they get what they're going for. I hope they get what they want. Mm -hmm. And I, and I heard it and I was like, wait a second. Like, why is he talking about like, why why that's weird that he would say that to be clear i don't believe any of this but i also might believe some of it yeah i, I honestly look you say the term trojan horse my ears will perk up that, that's just a fact and I, I love the way you guys are attacking this i think there could <laughs> potentially be some likes to it or i think you just wanted half a billion dollars <laughs> 
<laughs> I know. I, I feel uh, part of this, and and everybody has done this. Everybody that I've listened to or read has kind of gone a little bit out of their way to like make excuses for Rom in a way that we didn't for DJ and Graham McDowell and all these guys, Brooks, Pat Perez, especially because Rom's awesome. Like he's a, he is like the dude and I don't know him. Well, I don't, I barely know him at all, but like he's awesome to talk to. He's awesome with his time. Like he's just, he's fantastic. And I think a lot of us are like bending over backwards to try to come up with reasons you know what would end it though, Rick? You know what would end it all? I'm ready. Rory. Rory going to live? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't he if Rom was in deep, then Rory's like on the other side of the earth. Like he's the whole he it's it would be I just don't know if he could even do it at this point, but like that would be the end of the like that would get the deal done so i want to mine into that because it kind of goes into something that i think about with jay monahan and how this whole thing has played out we'll do that we'll put a bow on this conversation but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners and we're back okay let me try to work through my thoughts here kp because uh so rory mcelroy who has been clearly the most vocal anti-live uh pro PGA Tour player, could he even at this point come out and say, whatever, I've lost, we've lost, I'm going to do it, I want to play where the world's best are, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, whatever that might be. And I think the answer is, could he physically make those words come out of his mouth? I don't know. It would be very, very painful. But it would be, it would be, oh, God, it would be crazy. <laughs> It would be memes, memes for for years. But I honestly think, and this this to me, uh, I'm getting ready. I'm not quite there. I'm not quite ready to shoot Jay Monahan into the sun yet. I'm going to give him 23 more days, right? But but if we get to January 1st and there's no deal done, we can shoot him straight into the sun because this is this is this is his fault. I, I mean, I I just look back at this. It was a failure to prepare. It was a failure to react. It was uh, holding your players to a moral high ground. It was getting all of the help from your sponsors who would not sponsor anything with Live. It was getting all the help from your networks, which would not even cover Live. It is getting help from the OWGR, which would not give them points, yet you are still losing because you, behind the back of your players, gave up your moral high ground, said the thing that we've been talking about, the blood money, which you have to stay away from, is now okay, and we're going to get it. And that moment changed everything. Under In the dark of night, at the 11th hour, he goes on CNBC next to Yasser and says, we're all boys here. I'm very excited about the future. And if I were Rory McIlroy, it's flipping the bird time. Right. And it is, it, it would be easy for him to throw Jay under the bus and say, listen, we got this is a players organization and they did this behind our back. Screw this guy. So I do think the the one chance that Rory has to 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 do that, as difficult as it would be, is to is to throw Jay under the bus. I, I don't know. I don't think Rory has that in him. I don't. 
What if he asked you to save the PGA Tour? He's the real Trojan horse. And Rory falls on his sword, not to save the PGA Tour, to save the world of golf. Yeah, and yeah. look, Rom, Rom kind of did threw Jay under the bus by doing this, in a way. Rory just has to be public and forthright about it. Yeah, I don't know... My AirPods just died, so my sound's coming through my computer. I'm sorry if there's feedback, but I don't. What does that accomplish if he throws, if he throws Jay Monahan under the bus? Like that, that doesn't. Does that get the deal done quicker? Like, what is? No, but the only the the thing that the thing that is stopping, I think where this started is Rory's. Uh, Rory has been so anti-live, but things have changed with the with Jay Monahan essentially. Uh, going behind these guys back and changing the morality of things. Well, but he, he, here's the problem the whole time, Rick, is they rolled the players out to do their dirty work the whole freaking time. Yes. Jay Monahan should, be do, should have been doing weekly press conferences. Instead, he made Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, John Rahm answer questions day in, day out, on the record, sound bites, be the mouthpiece, go through their talking points, and then showed up on CNBC on a now. It, it is it, because, because if, 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 if I love how fired up Rick, Rick, Rick never gets this fired up. If 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 Jay, if if some if an adult was was like leading the charge and not rolling players out there every and and and, and part of the problem with all this, Rick, is uh the structure of the organization member run well who's in charge yeah we're finding out that nobody knows right like nobody knows who's in charge nobody is in charge no adults but if but if if jay or whoever hadn't been rolling homa and rory and jt and spieth and writing talking points for tiger out every week and had been front and center then it doesn't it doesn't feel like you're being betrayed it feels like well, we, it's still not great. It's not good vision, but at least you were the one that was out in front talking, taking the arrows, right, from everybody. And then you're like, well, we kind of got to this point. We got hung up. I don't, I don't, I actually don't blame Jay for keeping the deal like a secret. I blame him for everything that led up to that, to where, he made everybody else the fall guy and not himself that that's the part that i think is a really is a really um bad look Do you and, and to be clear patrick i mean it's not a super enviable position and i think this is why uh it being a player-run organization makes it very difficult where you know uh, golfer one has a lot of different uh incentives and goals than golfer 275 has and the commissioner has to make all those people happy, but a player run organization, like it just, it's so hard to do, to do that, right. It's to make everybody happy. And we're finding out that a player run organization has a lot of different players and a lot of different opinions and goals and, and things of that nature. So it, it's, it's not enviable, but the way that this has been handled is just two thumbs down, big time F. Which means if, if you're Yasser, why wouldn't you want Jay Monahan to be the guy you're negotiating with? Do you think there's a scenario where, you know, it's like, hey, we want to get rid of Jay. Yasser's like, if Jay goes, I walk away from the table. Like, I want to do this deal with Jay because he knows he so can you, take advantage of him. 
you're doing a deal with, you want to do a deal with the the guy that you perceive as the most incompetent <laughs> yeah and, and then we can get him out once uh once my money's tied in yeah here's here's the here's the best case scenario for yasser and maybe for golf is like you get a deal done with jay december 31st and then tiger woods becomes the commissioner of the tour like <laughs> You, you know what I mean? Not that he would want it or anything like that, but I, I don't know how I'm stunned that Jay Monahan is still involved. I'm, I'm stunned. I don't know how he survives if a deal gets done. I don't know how he survives if a deal doesn't get done. Right. Like I don't know the future for this guy. I don't think it's great. It, it honestly reminds me a little bit. A couple years ago, the Steelers were switching general managers and the old one. It was his last season. He's like, you know what? I want to do one more draft. And they let him. He wasn't going to be the general manager moving forward. He wasn't going to have the say on the future of the team, but they let him draft that year. And look at them now. They're losing to the 2-10 and 10 Patriots on Thursday night football. It, it, it really does remind me of that in a way where I think Jay's going to be you know, very influential if a deal is struck, very, you know, an architect, so to speak, a pioneer even, to steal a word from John Rahm, and then he's going to be gone. I think that's how it unfolds. I just I don't understand how I, and I get that it's it's convoluted and complicated because you the structure of the organization is very different than we think of a like a, a regular organization working. But the amount of reporting around like the seeming chaos in, in like behind the behind the moat behind the scenes on the PGA tour side throughout the last 18 months is like, just, just, I, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's kind of infuriating, you know? And, uh, I think that people like, for me, this has gone beyond like whether you're a fan of live or a fan of the PGA tour, because I think fans of golf in general are just getting just vaporized by the situation and if you're rooting for like live as an organization congratulations like very very cool stuff like you you essentially are rooting for golf to like shrink and not be like awesome you know and i think the same can be said like i, I think one thing that's gotten lost in all this rick is like it became if you spoke out against live it's like oh well you you just love the pga tour like you just love that organization it's like i don't i don't care like i don't care who is in charge of what uh, i don't love uh, when a when a for, when a government whether it's foreign or domestic is running a sports league i don't love that right you and i have talked about that but i don't i have no like affinity for the pga tour if mark cuban starts a league and is like running this golf league and it's called the dallas golf league and everybody plays in it great like I, whatever i don't care uh but but like if you're rooting for either side now then you're you're i think you're rooting for a diminished golf world which would be super unfortunate for fans yeah it's very easy to take sides on everything these days but having a split sport is an, an insane thing to root for you know imagine we talk about it all the time. If the NBA were to split and you're rooting for like, yeah, like let's let's send 
Giannis and LeBron and so and so, and we'll never see them again, or we'll see them four times. Like, why would you ever? Why would you ever want that? And yeah, whether it's the P, I mean, th this this is going to be a case study of how to how to screw up a business. I think. I mean, it, you know, you you're a non, you know, you're a what a nonprofit that didn't have any competition for seventy five years, and on the first ounce of competition. Like you buckle to the ground. I mean, it is like it's shocking how far we've come. I'm I'm stunned. Yeah, it's just disappointing, really. I, I mean, I think the I think <laughs> I I don't know how this is gonna go. And I think I, I I'm with you, Rick. If if we get to December 31st and they're like, well, we haven't figured this out, or we're partnering with these private equity groups and the PIF is out. I, I don't, I, I would not feel great about the future of professional golf genuinely. Right. And like I, the next three weeks are going to be fascinating, which I'm like, can I just read a book in December? Like that's what December is for, for golf people. And the next three weeks you might have, all you might have 15 guys say like, well, I've got three weeks to get my 30 million. I'm out. Right. Right. I mean, if you're, if you are a, you know, golfer 20 on the PGA tour, 25, whatever, and you've got a 30 or $40 million offer and this clock is ticking. What? Because there's also a chance. There is also a chance. John Rahm just got 300, 400, 500. Who knows how much? A deal gets cut. He goes on existing in essentially the same life that he lives with another five hundred million dollars, right? Like, what? How does that work? Well, but I think it's probably like over years. You know, it's probably like fifty million if a deal gets struck or something, and it's a year later, or like seventy million. He's not getting all of that up front, and right. you know, some is tied to uh, Dirty Grooves GC as well, a potential name I've heard for his uh, his squad. Dirty Grooves. <laughs> Lives trademarked requested dirty grooves and hybrids GC. Just, just, just insane stuff. Um, I was gonna say something. Uh, oh, I think the billion dollars in in like uh, pay like giving to guys is still is still a thing. Like I don't think, I don't think just because Rom got all this money that it means that other guys might not i just think like like why is patrick cantley leading the charge on the pga tour side you've got ed hurley who leads like one of the biggest law firms in, on earth and is, and is like adept at all this stuff and freaking patrick cantley is trying to i mean what are we doing like what 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 is what is happening it's a it's outrageous we're gonna change the name of this podcast to what are we doing because it is seriously insane to think about and we have no idea here last final thought here one billion dollars uh split by 200 golfers is five million bucks a piece five million bucks for your loyalty 200 golfers maybe worth it all right there's obviously plenty more to come December will not be quiet. December will not be fun. December will will not allow you to read books, clear your calendars, cancel Christmas. December is golf drama time, and we'll cover it as we go.
Big thanks to producer Josh who does all the hard work behind the scenes. Patrick McDonald available on Twitter at Amateur Status. Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.